0: You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything. Interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. Post Secret stands the idea of a secret on its head. When you share these secrets, you gain power over them, and the secret loses whatever power it might have had over you. Post Secret founder Frank Warren. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Buell Thompson.
1: You know, I'm not sure Frank Warren knew what he was getting into when he launched Post Secret on January 1st, 2005. It was initially just a social experiment of sorts to ask people to send him postcards with their secrets on. Well, soon Frank was getting thousands of postcards a week from people all over the world. And by later that year, 2005, he had enough for a book called simply Post Secret. That's when I first met him. By 2007, he was already on his fourth best-selling book, called A Lifetime of Secrets. And that's when we did the interview you're about to
0: hear. So here now from 2007, Frank Warren. Really for me, what comes through is the interesting ways, the fascinating ways that our secrets change and develop over time, but also the surprising ways they stay exactly the same. There is kind of a a self-consciousness that goes
1: from eight to 80, that we're always kind of aware of, am I feeling the way I'm supposed to feel?
0: Do people see me the way they're supposed to see me? Do I fit in somehow? I guess that never changes, does it? I think you're right. I think even though each secret in the book is individualistic, just like a fingerprint, they touch on deeper streams of our humanity, emotions that we can all relate to. And so in a a different sense, I feel as you go through these uh, very idiosyncratic secrets at times, you can't help but feel connected to some of these strangers who we've never met. You obviously feel very connected.
1: I mean, there is a genuine affection that comes through in all your books. I mean, this this is not just somebody saying, "Hey, look at these funny postcards I got." This is uh,
0: you're, there's a very there's a humanitarianness about you. I think that feeling's developed over time, and the more postcards I've seen, the more empathy I've been able to develop. Uh, Because the secrets really sometimes act as a gateway, inviting you into a story behind somebody's life, and the story might be funny, or sexual, or shocking, or poetic. But I think it leaves a connection, and I know after seeing tens of thousands of secrets, I'm kind of haunted by secrets. They stay with me, but not in a bad way. It's more like every hour of every day, I'm in a circumstance that reminds me of somebody's secret that I've read. And it really allows me to feel more connected, and I'm grateful for that. Well, you are, in a
1: very real way, the trustee of thousands of things that you alone, beside the person
0: who wrote it, know. Yeah, I feel like a caretaker. And, in fact, I have a secret right here in front of me. Can I read it to you? Sure. This is a secret that says, When I was in third grade, I found my mother's diaphragm. I put it on my head and looked in the mirror and wondered why she'd never told us that she was Jewish. (laughs) It wasn't until years later that I found out that she was really only a Catholic using birth control. I've never discussed this with anyone. And I love this secret because of the endearing story that I think we can all relate to. I don't know if all of us have that same experience, but I think that if we truly looked at our childhood, we could identify some humorous way we misinterpreted the adult world. But I also like it because of the last thing the person wrote. They wrote, I've never discussed this with anyone, indicating that they might take this secret to their grave with them, having only shared it on this postcard to post secret and gotten it out that way there is kind of
1: a universality of, you're right, I'd never had that particular experience. (laughs) Uh, That that seems a little off the beaten path for for most of us. But still, I mean, haven't we all found something in our parents' drawer that we weren't supposed to find, and we thought it was something different?
0: I mean, you're right. This has happened to all of us. I was on a a talk show just a few days ago, and there was a sex sex expert, expert on, and she was taking questions, and somebody said that they had found a book in their parents' drawer called Sex After 40, and it just blew their mind when they saw it. And uh, maybe that's somebody's secret someplace. And see, here's the thing. Some of these are, like, life-changing
1: secrets. Like, my mother doesn't know I'm gay. Others are just, <laughs> I took the
0: last cupcake. I mean, they really run the gamut. Yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of the project is... The secrets are funny, they're sexual, they're tragic, they're they're filled with anguish or hope, or maybe they just talk about a hidden act of kindness. But the breadth is phenomenal, and they can really take you on an emotional journey. And, and that's what I try and do in the books, is arrange the postcards in a way where the secrets aren't just speaking independently, but they're having a conversation with us and with the other secrets. And I hope when people finish the books, they, they feel like they've, they've gotten to know... Others and maybe themselves a little bit better. You talked to
1: a packed house last night at Borders in Frederick. Here we are at Borders in Tyson's Corner. There have been
0: people out here waiting two hours already. Does this surprise you in any way? Well, when I started the project three years ago, I knew it would be special for me. Um, but I have been very surprised that the project resonates with other people so strongly as well. Last week, the Post Secret website just received its 100 millionth hit. And I think that really confirms that these secrets are speaking in very powerful and poignant ways to a community of people. And you can see that community not just in the virtual world, but in the people who buy the books and the people who come to post-secret events just like this one. And I also do a lot of traveling to college campuses and speaking to young people in that environment. And for me, that's the best part of the project because I get to hear stories from people telling me how... Facing a secret on a postcard and then releasing it to a stranger brought a sense of of healing or catharsis. Or or maybe a story about how a person saw a secret they weren't ready to admit to themselves on a stranger's postcard and found recognition and self-awareness through that. Many
1: people think of secrets as things that they don't want other people to find out, but with your books, it's almost exactly the opposite. It is a secret, yes, maybe something that you've never told, maybe we'll
0: never discuss with somebody, but you want very much for people to know. Yeah, I think post-secret stands the idea of a secret on its head. And that's one of the reasons I called it post-secret, because after you share it, it it's, it's not a secret any longer. It has no more power in that point, does it? I think that's true. I think uh, when you share some of these secrets, before you do, you might be afraid that telling somebody will make you vulnerable or, or might victimize you again if it's about a humiliating experience or something. But I think the opposite is really what's true. When you share these secrets, you gain power over them, and the secret loses whatever power it might have had over you.
1: After this short break, Frank Warren reads us a few post-secrets. Now back to my 2007 interview with Post Secrets founder Frank Warren. There were a couple in this new book that, that particularly struck me. There was one 16-year-old boy said the 11th was my 16th birthday. I told all my friends I went out and got wasted. I really went to a
0: movie with my dad, and it was the best birthday I've had in 16 years. A beautiful secret, a surprising secret, not one that you'd expect. And I think I've tried to include a lot of those in the books, the, the secrets that surprise. And then the other one was the the gentleman didn't say what his profession is. I'm guessing that
1: he says he's billing to a client two hundred and twenty five dollars an hour. He's probably either perhaps a psychiatrist himself, maybe a lawyer or whatever but he said his secret was he apparently addressing his wife he said. I'm billing a client $225 an hour so I can think of how beautiful you are.
0: What a wonderful story. I, I get a chill just hearing you repeat that. And some of the ones are, are funny, too. There's there's this stream of secrets that has to do with, I think, maybe these repressed hostilities that we want to tell somebody, but we in a, in a socially acceptable way, maybe. Maybe that, that becomes sharing it on a secret. I've, I've got one here in front of me that's from the new book. and. This postcard is created on what appears to be directions for assembling furniture from IKEA. The person wrote on the postcard in all capital letters with exclamation marks Stop telling people you build your furniture. You buy, then assemble. There's no building. (laughs)
1: No way, it, I assemble friends. I can send well, but that's a that's a whole other secret for a whole other day. But uh, th- there's lots of things. I, I I'm guessing that at some point you've probably been told stories by people about what happened after they sent you their secret and maybe what what results came from that.
0: One email I received a while back, and it's in one of the books, came from a young woman who wrote and said that she wrote down six of her secrets on six postcards and she planned on mailing them to me. But instead, she left her postcards on her pillow while her boyfriend was still sleeping in the bed, and she went off to work. She said later that day, her boyfriend, having read the secrets, arrived at her office and asked her to marry him, and she said yes. One can only wonder what those secrets were. I mean, (laughs) You, in
1: that case, weren't privy to the secrets, then, were you?
0: No, and I think that's one of the beauties of the story, is it leaves the secrets for you to imagine what they might have been.
1: Did I also read in this new book that there was at one of your readings for one of your previous books, you asked anybody in the audience if they wanted to tell a secret, and the gentleman stood up and said, I wish I could tell my little brother how badly I'd treated him. And he turned to a young man sitting next to him, I guess presumably, I guess you thought, his brother. They embraced, they walked And when you collected
0: his postcard afterwards, it was blank. He hadn't written it down at all. Yeah, it was a very moving story about a man who wanted to find an opportunity to apologize to his younger brother for some of the things that had happened when they were growing up together. But he felt like he couldn't now as an adult without opening up old wounds or creating a a, a worse situation. But he found a way. um, And I I talk about that in the introduction of A Lifetime of Secrets. Arranging the... Postcards in this
1: story, again, as you said, roughly chronologically, since you can't really tell from some postcards how old. But as we see the progression of perspective, what seems so earth-shatteringly important when we're in eighth grade, by the time we're 50, it's like, what was I sweating that stuff for?
0: Yeah, there's a couple of postcards. Um, One came from a young girl, and she wrote, I'm popular in school. I get good grades. I get along great with my parents. But I would trade it all away if only I were beautiful. And then I received another postcard from somebody who wrote on it. Again, each of these have beautiful artwork from the creators as well. The woman wrote, I'm 40 years old and all my life I thought I was ugly, but I looked back at some old high school pictures and I've seen some recent photos. And you know what? I'm kind of cute. And I'm going to stop wasting any more time thinking otherwise. And I think one of the beauties of this book is I can able to, I'm able to put secrets like that back to back Almost as if they were both written by the same person at two different points in her life. Almost as if some, some wisdom could be shared there. Maybe in some weird way, it is the same person. I mean,
1: just, you know, waves of thought move about the universe in strange ways. Maybe this is the same person.
0: I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, I like to think of this book, A Lifetime of Secrets, as a biography. A biography about us as told through our secrets. But
1: you are, these books of yours are the pebbles in the water and the ripples are going out. And you, with four books now, you've got four pebbles and four sets of ripples.
0: You're having effects, profound effects all over the world. Well, I think it's the voices speaking through these amazing postcards that's really touching people. And if I can help that process and help this community grow, um, I feel very privileged. And it gives me great, a great feeling of, of gratification to know that I can play a role in that. Have you given thought to the future? I haven't. Um, I I like to be sensitive to the project and see where it's leading. And what I try and do is just make decisions every day that protect its interest and guard against uh, doing things that might mess up this thing that I think is is so wonderful, but that I I certainly don't fully understand. You must at times feel like you've gotten kind of a postdoctoral education
1: in some kind of like psychotherapy uh, just, you understand i'm guessing the psyche of americans probably better than most of us do
0: well i've received uh, over 170 180 000 postcards from around the world with secrets on them i've read every one and I think that's a pretty strong statistical sampling. And so there are some trends and some patterns that come through that. And I hope someday maybe I can donate the archive of all the postcards to a museum or to an educational institution and and maybe further study could be done. Well, uh,
1: if we're talking a long trend across thousands and thousands of postcards, is there anything in particular that you find especially encouraging?
0: I would say just the fact that so many people are sharing their secrets in a way that appears to be not just for others, but for themselves as well. In other words, I receive a lot of postcards that feel as though they were written by a person trying to better understand the secrets in their own life, and this is a step along that journey. There are two kinds of secrets. There are the secrets that we hide from other people and the ones that we keep from ourselves. And I think one of the ways we can better understand the secrets that we're keeping from ourselves is by reading earnest, soulful secrets that others are sharing with themselves and with us and drawing inspiration from those courageous stories. PostSecret.com
1: still collects and curates postcards with secrets on them from all over the world. And you can find easy Amazon links to Frank Warren's books at our website, HeardEverything.com And did you know that you can find all of our past episodes? We're in Season 4 now. You can find Seasons 1, 2, and 3 everything that we've ever done, at our website, heardeverything.com. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, a man with a long and distinguished military career, a career of public service. He was Secretary of State. He was Chief of Staff for Richard Nixon. But ultimately he may be remembered just for one offhand comment he made on one day 41 years ago, my 1992 interview with General Alexander Haig. We claim that we won the Cold War. The facts are uh, the Russians beat themselves by adopting a, a flawed political system that was bound to fail. And it's wrong for the Reagan administration, for example, to take credit for winning the Cold War. They didn't win it at all. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.